This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of a law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. And I'm Joel. Today we're going to talk about the most toxic comic book couples in history, more or less. Uh, this is a Joel idea. This is the day after Valentine's Day. We got all that mushy bullshit out of the way. Now let's talk about romances that just plain fail. This is uh, this is kind of a sequel episode because last year we actually had a show on Valentine's Day and we talked about all our favorite you know lovey dovey comic book couples and I'm like you know what let's do the inverse this yes. time. Yes, I think your your unofficial title for this episode is Tainted Lovers. Yeah, I was really proud of that. I'm like, ooh, yeah, 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 get a nice little song reference in there. Yeah, I like the title. Uh, it doesn't help with our search algorithm, so I'm just going to call it The Most Toxic Comic Book Relationships. <laughs> of which there are plenty. I mean, like, they all, it, it's like that old Harvey Dent quote, you know, you either you either die in your relationship or you live long enough to see it go, to, go down the tubes, at least ooh, in the comic yes. book world. Yep. So, Joel, what uh, what was the impetus behind this concept, and what, what was the one that stood out to you? What was the one that made you go, oh, well, this is obviously going to be a list, no problem. Well, I mean, you know, I'm always a fan of villains. You know, I always say one of my big things in comics is I think I'm a, I've stayed a fan for as long as I have because I've always gravitated towards a good villain. And there is a special class of villain out there who is not a villain on their own. They're a villain with their significant other by their side. Of course, you know, growing up, I was a big Power Rangers fan. You had Rita and Zed, who were a, mar <laughs> a married couple and also evil. But it's funny, the marriage actually came apart as a way to soften Lord Zed. The TV censors thought he was a little too uh, terrifying. And they're like, well, how do you make him less scary? You get him hitched, of course. Yes, you take the uh, take a little bit of the, of, the, of the pepper out of him. Get him a, yeah, I guess... It's, it's funny, too, because it's, like, in the, like, lore of the show, Rita was his employee. Like, she worked for him. So, like, where where does that stand, marrying one of your employees? Yeah. I guess they're bad guys, so they don't have, like, an HR department that they can go to. I think that. Goldar was in charge of their HR department. Follow your forms. Yeah, it's kind of inappropriate, I gotta say. I hate to say it. I freaking love Goldar's voice so much. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I have wigs and sometimes I don't have wigs, depending on what footage we're using. Yeah, what the hell? Now, um... <laughs> that said, they you, had, were, you were... They had a Jewish wedding, too. You can actually find their wedding, like, online in YouTube clips. They did the thing where, like, Zed, he wears a little yarmulke and <laughs> he, like, crushes the glass. So I guess Zed is short for Zedman. What the fuck? is that i mean like not to disparage it in any way i mean it's a perfectly legitimate ceremony with a very very uh storied you know religion and yet odd choice i think the writers were jewish like Hayim saban and everyone they're like oh well if he has a wedding that's what they're gonna have of course it'll blow their minds <laughs> then later they'll do the chair dance of course yeah Bizarre. I love that so much, looking back on that. And then, like, you get into some real sitcom-y shit, because, like, later on you met Rita's dad, oh who's like, God. oh, I run my own uh, galaxy over there. Lord Vile, that was his name. Oh, really? 
Yeah, he's like, oh, I run my own universe, and I'm coming, I'm coming to stay with you guys now. And Zed's like, oh no, my father-in-law. Oh my god. Yeah, so the show really... was basically over, is what you're saying. Like <laughs> this was like season three. Like this was like the fucking when they turned the Rangers into little kids and they had the alien Rangers coming. Yeah, season three was a bad season. That sounds like a bad scene, just in general. It really was. I I forgot how fucked up that was. Now that I sit and think about, it. oh yeah, then they were aliens and stuff. But that gave you the idea to do this episode. It sure did. Bizarre. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, Power Rangers is filled with a lot of really interesting. Uh, what is it? Villainous couples. There was Prince Gasket and uh, his lover. They had like a Romeo and Juliet thing where it's like you know you're a part of the Machine Empire. You can't be with a uh, commoner. Which was something that sympathized him. And then even later on in Wild Force, you had uh, Toxica and Jindrax, who were basically, they did the Goldar job. They were the generals who would go down and dust it up with the Rangers. Uh But they had this kind of like, will they, won't they romance thing going on. And like, Toxica gets killed, and Jindrax goes nuts and tries to do a bunch of stuff to resurrect her. Okay. And he does... And by the end up, they being uh, they end up becoming good guys at the end and walk off into the sunset in love. And I'm like, wow, that's an interesting arc for Power Rangers. <laughs> got to live happily ever after. Honestly, I don't remember any of this crap from Power, from my days in Power Rangers. That's... This was long, long after the fact. This was after everyone else stopped watching, but I kept watching because I'm, I'm hardcore like that. Yeah, that's fair. I uh, ride or die for this shit. Right on. <laughs> 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 well, now you say why. Uh, well, okay. Um, from the comic book world, the one that always comes to mind for me is Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne. Oh, God. The definition of toxic. Like, someone actually got hit on panel. Yeah, yeah, legitimately. I mean, like, what's a, what's funny to me for their relationship, right? Like, okay, it's a toxic relationship. What, what makes it a toxic relationship? Because that's the thing. I've seen, you know, I've seen and done many things in my life. I've seen and been in many a toxic relationship. Um, and what are some red flags for a toxic relationship? And do some of these characters either uh, exemplify those red flags? Do they harbor those red flags? Or or is it just kind of like convenient storytelling to make them have romantic difficulties? With Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, I say the red flag is that they're both workaholic superheroes who are yeah. kind of narcissists. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of that going on. And plus, I mean, you know, I I mean, that's true of any relationship. You bring your own baggage into it, and when another person brings their baggage in, you start clashing baggage. Yes. I mean, even in the Ultimate Universe, when you saw uh, Van Dyne and Pym together, and that was a little more, well, a lot more extreme of their domestic disputes and abuse. Um, they, you, they took it to the next level. They cranked it up a they, notch. They did, uh, but they also really kind of highlighted the issues that they didn't really get a chance to really explore in the like six sixteen or Marvel universe proper, which is that they're both career oriented people who are really about getting the credit for what they do. Mm. And, and, and Hank can't take any criticism. That's another big thing. Yes, yeah, big thing. Um, for me, it was funny. The big red flag, or the moment that made me go like, whoa. This is a bad idea! Was after Avengers Disassembled, when uh, uh, Wasp gets hurt, and Hank freaks out, and basically just taps out of the fight to go be with her at the hospital. And Bendis wrote uh, the issue where they all kind of convene back at the dis- like the destroyed Avengers mansion. And uh, they... It, it, Hank and Janet are standing like outside the mansion, like kind of just looking at it for a little while, and they're just like, "Wow, like 
what a, you know, like, this is a good time for us to finally try to rekindle our relationship. And that, for me, was, like, the harbinger for their doom and, like, kind mm. of, like, exemplify the relationship because it's two people who, like, found each other through this really, like, terrible tragedy that only happened, like, maybe 12 hours prior. <laughs> and they're looking at it like it's ancient history. Just these two people who have really, really... Uh, torrential history together and Ooh, yeah. pretend like this terrible like tragedy that took place in their lives and the lives of their friends happened like so long ago even though it was like like the, the there's still smoke from the fires that they just <laughs> put out and someone says like oh they're uh, someone asks them like oh are you back together like we're gonna give it a try we're gonna try something new and i was like i've seen so many people do that where they're like it's true where they're like oh no 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 like we we had this horrible relationship that everyone agreed was a disaster. We don't mix. We don't support each other. We're not, like, in love with each other, really. We just were passionate. And that's the thing. Two passionate people. It's, it's the definition of, oh, no, they can change. It'll be different this time. Yeah, and it, it ain't. Um, and I think it's in a Secret Invasion issue... That because uh, I remember being like, just make Hank a scroll. He hasn't done anything interesting. Years. Like since between between when he hits her as a yellow jacket to now, just say that the scroll was the one who hit that hit Wasp, and that Hank is a totally different person. Clean slate for everybody. But instead, they do this whole solo issue where. Hank and Janet are like in another country and Janet has like a fucking modeling contract, like a, like a costuming contract she's got to fulfill or something. I think they're going to go out to dinner and like Hank doesn't really want to go out, but she knows that like the paparazzi is going to be there and she wants to get photographed. And it's just this really disgustingly toxic relationship. Everything's back to where it was. And then like halfway through their argument, a scroll shows up and kicks his ass and then replaces him. Yep. And he is more supportive and nurturing than 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 the actual Hank Pym. Ugh. Yeah. It's sick to it's, my it's, stomach when I think of these two together. It's pretty maddening. It's funny, you know, while we're on the Marvel Ben here, I don't think he can talk about uh Hank and Janet without also talking about Reed and Sue. Oh because, yeah. Because their relationship has evolved. But man, when you look at that historically, and you don't even have to go back too far, wow, is Reed horrible to Sue a lot of the time. Yes. Uh, or at least, even if he's not, like, outright abusive or a monster, he is dismissive. And controlling as well. Well, I mean, that's the whole joke from Venture Brothers. Yes. The impossible Stephen Colbert, that's what they're riffing on. Yes, the idea that, like, he keeps her locked in this tower. I know that that's, uh, that was explored a little bit by Namor. Namor being this other man who comes from mm -hmm. a far, a tropical place that has, like, rippling biceps and has this the designs on Sue. And he's like, I think it's in Illuminati where he says, uh, it's not the miniseries, but, like, the one shot where he says something like, your wife will leave you one day because you keep her locked in a tower. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, That's way to cut shit. to the core of his insecurities and to the and actual like, problem. And even Sue, it's like, does she have any friends? It's like, you don't need any friends. You have your brother and Ben, who is a rock monster. It's fine. Oh, and he's in love with you, too, by the way. Ah. <laughs> and there's like, that. Yeah. 
And Doom's in love with you. Like, freaking everyone's in love with her. Really, really weird. It's a very weird... But for me, I don't know if there's, like... The red flag is just, like, in a 1960s, 50s nuclear family, like, Yes, I will do the work, and you will wear the heels in the kitchen and make the babies. Pretty much. That and they'll be of babies. Yes. Now, uh, different writers have gone out of their way to fix this problem. And I they think have. they've done a pretty decent job. I've seen... But but at the end of the day, they're inescapably tied to their origins and to really their are. to their kind of like very you know fifties mindset about a nuclear family. I I think I might have mentioned this back in the original Valentine's Day episode, but it bears repeating. There was a great I think it was a Mark Wade story of Shield where he reveals that Sue Storm has actually been a secret like double decker undercover Black Ops agent for Shield. This mm. whole time, she's running jobs for Coulson on the sly because she's perfect for it. She's the invisible woman. Yeah. She can get it done and no one even knows it's her. Reed doesn't have to know. Only her and Coulson know. That's that's a good point. I like that idea. Where she's like, I have a life outside this house, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That was basically the takeaway from it. Yeah. Was she in the book Marvel Divas? Because that was a... That was a painfully terrible series where it's like, no, but like some of these female Marvel characters get together and drink Cosmos and gossip about boys. I'm like, I didn't read that one. I read the first issue and was like, nope, nope, not going to do that. Um, what's another one you got? Oh, geez. There's so many I can think there's about. There's so here. many. I mean, like it every really every Marvel relationship, every comic book relationship just falls apart or becomes toxic. I mean, like hey. even even poor Adam and Jean. Yeah, there's there's one. Definitely. I was going to say you could do we could basically just do this whole episode on the X-Men if we really wanted to. I mean, come on. Cyclops, Cyclops and cheats Jean. on Jean with Emma. That's yeah, some shit. That's pretty much. I know it's what's weird is their whole relationship is defined by their their connection you know like that's and and that's it's great to see these toxic relationships from the perspective of like what was the warning signs and like with gene and scott there really is no warning sign it's just that they were it was too good it was too perfect they were always meant to be together they always were together they had a psychic link so they didn't have mm. any secrets from each other and then ultimately it's just no like no scott wants something else and even his relationship with Emma has turned horribly toxic to where right now he's dead and Emma Frost is fanning the flames of racial hatred to get a war started between the mutants and the Inhumans just because she has a lot of unresolved issues with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might even say that Cyclops has a toxic relationship with everyone he's with that he knows. <laughs> He, everyone he's met, he has a toxic he has a toxic relationship with his brother. He has a toxic relationship with his space pirate father. His father figure, Professor X. All like he has everybody. A toxic relationship with his son from the future. Yep. No uh, one likes Cyclops. Nobody Jesus. likes Cyclops, or Cyclops is just a very difficult guy to get along with. Wow, I never thought of it that way. No, everyone has issues with Cyclops. Yeah. Hey, uh, specifically toxic. What about Thor and Jane? Yeah. Wow. Or Odinson and Jane. Uh, whatever you want to call it. I like in the newest issue of, uh, like, Unworthy Thor, she's, she even she makes fun of the Odinson name. She's like, you know, you can keep the name, right? He's like, no, you're Thor. If you pick up the hammer and you have all my memories and experiences and you have powers, you're Thor. It's confusing and weird. Well, he, he doesn't know that yet. She was going to tell him, but then he just got all pissed off and left the room. Right, right. He was so close to figuring out. But yeah. Their, uh, their relationship is interesting so much to the point they're not together anymore. They no. made a very conceited effort. Jane's like, nah, I moved on. I met a guy. 
I got cancer. We're, you know, yeah, we're just not together anymore. Did there is there any connection with like her getting cancer and like and Thor like having been exposed to some shit or is it just like she got cancer and it just sucks? No, she just like in the beginning of the Jason Aaron thing, he's like he basically has his, you know, all-star Superman moment, but for Thor, where he goes around and does the good of the world. Then he visits Jane, and this is the first time we had seen Jane in, like, forever. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, I got cancer. And, in fact, in the newest Jason Aaron story, she said her mom actually died of cancer before her, so it's a hereditary thing. Oh, great. Well, that's yeah. amazing. Um, but, yeah. I mean, she gets to be Thor, though. <laughs> but, hey, gets, well, and every time she uses it, it purges her system. So she'll just have to stay as Thor, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else have you got? Oh, I mean, just so, so many freaking great ones. Uh, oh, hey, here's one I'm sure you will love. Uh, Al Simmons and Wanda Fitzgerald. Oh, my God. Like, went from being one of the most romantic things I'd ever imagined as a kid. Like, as a, as a kid, being like, he, he sold his soul for oh, her. Think, or as Keith David so wonderfully yells, I came back for you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they retcon it so that, nah, he, he still loved her, but then he, like, punches their unborn baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what pretty toxic. What the crap. Very toxic also, just in a, in a stalkerish kind of way, where he's like, mm-hmm. no, I came back to, I came back from the dead for you, and you've moved on and have children. And every time he has the opportunity to learn or get better, he refu- he rejects it out of hand. I remember there was a, there was a moment in Spawn where Al gets his face back. So he immediately thinks it's forever. Mm. And he's been working with Terry, his best friend who married Wanda and has a child with her, uh, to take down their mutual boss, Jason Wynn. And at one point, he just goes to, to, to Terry's house as Al. And he's like, hey, listen, I just wanted to let you know, like, I'm back now. I'm going to take my wife. I'm going to take our kid. And, like, <laughs> you're, you, and if you get in the way, I'm just going to have to kill you. And Terry's wow. like, you are such an asshole, Al. You are such an asshole. Like, no, like this life does not want you anymore, man. <laughs> I know, I know what happened in the cartoon. I don't know if it happened in the comic where Spawn does like his shape changing thing, so he actually becomes Terry. Yes, and sleeps with his wife. Did That's that in, the in the cartoon. Comic? No, it doesn't happen. Does it happen in the comics? I don't think it happens in the comics. Right, I know it happened in the cartoon. And I'm like, that's that's rape by lying. Yeah, that's uh, that that's a, that's an Excalibur level of rape. <laughs> That's that's a crime, Spawn. That's yeah. not cool. <laughs> but don't worry, that's happened a lot of times. Remember when the chameleon did it? Yeah. Like, come on. But uh, but yeah, that. Spawn. That's a big one. <laughs> Spawn. That one's pretty huge. Just yeah, that's just a ugly, ugly relationship. Now here's another one. Everyone talks about Batman, Catwoman, or Batman, Talia. Yeah. Here's one for you. Daredevil and Typhoid Mary. Where the extra caveat is she's also crazy. Oh yeah. Well, like what about Daredevil and everybody? Like, yeah. Daredevil and Elektra, Daredevil and Karen, Daredevil and Echo. Like, there's they no end. He, he is forever alone. And, by the way, like, there's never a relationship that he's in where it's like, oh, this is this is actually okay. Like, oh, this is actually calm and cool. Black Widow! Like, Daredevil, everyone he sleeps with is, like, either crazy, a spy, or just totally wrong for him. And, I mean, let's remember, too, Daredevil, I mean, I'm surprised they've never told this story. They've never tried to go all shame or Don Juan with him. I think Mad Murdock might be a sexaholic. I think he might have a thing. I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, no, the dude has a compulsion to sleep with every female he meets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
which might be tied to the fact that he has some very deep-seated mother issues as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, his dad what? he's pretty cool with, but his mother issue, yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. Also refuses to call his mother mother. Yeah. That's a little, that's a little fucked up. That's a, that's a little like a psychiatry chair. Please tell me about your childhood. Yeah. I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah, really. It there's might, a, there's a lot of stuff. It might stop me from getting such sweet, sweet action. <laughs> you remember the last time we saw his mom too? Uh, she was in jail. They kind of did like the whole sister peg, uh, orange is the new black thing where she was a nun who was arrested for, uh, protesting like a weapons plant in Wakanda. And so she got thrown in jail for it and he had to help her out. Mm -hmm. That was the last time we saw her. And we find out that the reason his mom left was because she was suffering from postpartum depression. And, you know, that wasn't talked about in those days. That was a Mark Waite story too. And he told a really good story about postpartum depression. And at the end, it kind of had a feel good ending because they hugged. And it's like, oh, I love you, mom. I love you too, son. And I'm like, oh, you guys still have a lot of stuff you need to yeah, work Yeah, this ain't over. <laughs> no, this ain't over by sight. But Daredevil's like, okay, call you next time the story needs me to call you. Yeah, yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> Um, hey, you know, what's really creepy is the, uh, the Kitty Pride and Peter Rasputin relationship, particularly in the beginning when she was like 14. In Russia, that is fine. Apparently. It's okay. And then I cheat on you with Alien Broad. Oh yeah. And the original Secret Wars. Yeah. The true secret of the Secret Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Kitty can never know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the secret. She does find out, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeesh. Shit, arguably her relationship with Peter Quill from the Guardians of the Galaxy was healthier because that was like a long-distance relationship for a while. Every Peter she's been with has been a problem. I mean, and even yeah. Ultimate Kitty, who was like unhealthily obsessed with Peter, it was the problem right. The problem with that one, with that relationship, because it seemed like fun, but the issue was Kitty kind of like... the Okay. In the Ultimate Universe, Mary Jane and Peter's relationship was a little toxic. Yeah. Because... She worships him. Like, she she respects him and worships him in a way that, like, you really shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, I, I bring this up every once in a while, but, like, in the Ultimate Universe, Pete and Mary Jane get together for the first time. They're, they're the relationship. Then they break up. And Mary Jane goes on one date with another guy. He kisses her, and she realizes she can't be with anyone but Peter. And Peter gets in several relationships with other people, including yeah, Gwen, does. clone, like, and yet Mary Jane never moves on. Like, he moves on and realizes he wants to be with her, but she never has that palate cleansing period where she realizes she wants to be with Peter. Like, she goes out with one guy one time in high school and then decides she's going to be with him forever. That's yeah. fucking weird. True. Keeping it, uh, keeping it with Spider-Man there. Uh, Eddie Brock and the symbiote, there's a pretty toxic relationship. Literally toxic to the point where it, like, drains him of his life essence. I mean, I'm excited to see how they explore that relationship, where it's like, the symbiote's like, Eddie, you are a really bad person. Also, because the symbiote's good now, it's like, I did more heroic stuff without you than I ever did with you, and I can actually be a little hoity-toity and lord that over you now. Yeah, like, no, you... It, it's like... It's like in Starship Troopers when Carmen and Rico get back together at the end only because the people they should be with are dead. <laughs> like the yeah. symbiote and, and Eddie are going to get back together because like I get because well mostly because editorial says Flash can't be with the symbiote anymore. Mm. But like I, I'm excited to see that relationship explored now where number one we get to see the symbiote actually talking and like interacting. But we also get to see the symbiote being like I was better without you. 
Yeah, that would be funny. You know, I'm a strong, independent alien costume, and I don't need no Eddies, but I guess I don't want to die alone. So. Yeah, I don't want to die alone. That's fucking sad. You are you are you are my favorite silver medal, there, Eddie. <laughs> Born to runner up. <laughs> what's a uh, what's another uh, what's another toxic anti Valentine's Day relationship? Uh, oh, I got a whole bunch of them here in front of me. I mean, Vision and Scarlet Witch, man, they've had some ups and downs. Haven't oh they? yeah, to the point where like, ugh, seeing them interact today, especially in like the Vision series, where she's like, they they do not interact like old lovers. They interact like like you're over there and I don't want to talk to you. Like we, like you only represent pain for me. It's the ultimate. Oh, they used to date. Right. Right. That makes sense. Uh, uh here, here's some fun ones, uh, from television, actually. Uh, Cersei Lannister and Jamie Lannister from the game of Thrones. Oh, I don't watch game of Thrones, so I'm not familiar with the relationship. Are you talking about the, the ones that were related? Yes. That's toxic. All right. That's pretty fucking... It is, and yet the show has such this weird way of showing that everyone is a piece of shit <laughs> in the world. Theirs is the healthiest relationship on the show. Ew. Yeah, theirs is the healthiest one. Because, you know, they support each other and help each other, and they both mourn over the death of their respective kids, but then he also kind of tries to rape her, but she also really wasn't fighting it. And wow, Game of Thrones is fucked up when you talk about it like yeah, that. Yeah, a little bit. A little lot bit. of it. And yet, in the end, they have this thing where it's like, you know, we were born together, we'll only ever have each other together forever. And I'm like, that'd be sweet if it wasn't so wrong. <laughs> and on the same note, because uh, you were talking about the Ultimate Universe, Ultimate Quicksilver and Ultimate Scarlet Oh, Witch. no! That is legitimately... I think that might be the worst. It's pretty terrible. You know what? There's no abuse in that relationship, so I will say well, it is not the worst. It is gross, but it is not the worst. It's because, like, well, you're both adults. And, and what's I mean... funny is, for me, like, growing up with the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, I always thought their relationship was creepy and weird. They, they were and a little too close. A little too close. He was a little too protective of her. A little too touchy-feely. Yeah, and then in the Ultimate Universe, they're like, no, and then they also bang. And you're like, no! We pulled the trigger on it. No, don't do it. Over in Mutant Alabama. Yeah, gross. Uh, Which, hey, hey, you know, we might as well complete the trifecta now of, uh, what is it, geek nerd incest relationships. Top Dollar and Misa from The Crow. The okay. villains in that. <laughs> good, good deep dive there. Right on. I fucking love The Crow. I watch that every Devil's Night or Halloween to the rest of you. No, Devil's Night is the night before Halloween. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shit, I haven't seen it in a bit. You got me. My friend... You nerded me on the crow. I only know that because my co my college roommate does the exact same thing. Does he? Nice. He's been doing it for 20 years. I hope they never remake the crow. I, they always keep trying, but thankfully, because the crow is so irrelevant, it keeps failing. That's true. But yeah, again, top dollar, which, man, you look at that dude and you look at his sister, which I think his sister, that's that's Bai Ling, isn't it? Like her first yes. big movie role? Yes, it is. Wow. Yeah. She, she she kind of had her shit together in that one. She went kind of nuts as time went on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unfortunate. Yeah. Um, in, in the realm of, like, weird relationships that wound up being kind of toxic, I guess, but because, like, why did you do it in the first place? Is the Black Panther and Storm... Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, why did they get together? Oh, because they wanted them to be together. They like, there's no, there's no organic building of their relationship, and then like, and, and then bam, it's just, it's just together, and then it ends in a two-panel, like, 
uh, Avengers vs. X-Men book where he's like, the king of Wakanda has annulled our marriage. And she's like, but that's you! And he's like, yeah, get out. <laughs> get out of my country. And then the last thing you see, the last time that, they, that they're like, that it's for me that they uh, that it's addressed is where he's like, listen, we had some history, but like, don't bang Logan, please. He's so gross. And then in a later issue of Deadpool, she totally did. Oh yeah. Oh no. She's like, you can't tell me what to do. In fact, I'm going to do the opposite of what you do. That's the definition of toxic in relationships. <laughs> it kind of is. Man, I remember that. that. That was actually a really great Deadpool story. That was the good, the bad, and the ugly. He comes to recruit Wolverine at the uh, X mansion and Wolverine's in bed and he's like, oh wait, I'm not, I'm too early for your bullshit. And then he's like, oh, hey, hi Storm. And Storm's like, hey Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> in the she doesn't even care. She's not even trying to hide. She's like, "Hey, Deadpool." Yeah. No one's gonna believe you if you tell anyone. <laughs> That's fair. That is pretty. Oh, as the chat is so quick to bring up Iron Man and his suit from God <laughs> damn it from Iron our Man. yes. If you're not familiar with our episode of Iron Man by Joe Quesada, the suit loves Iron Man and they just want to be on. yeah. Come inside of me, Tony. It's <laughs> the quote uh, from our episode. <laughs> That's the one. That's the winner. That's that's right up there with the Jizzler. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. Thanks. For, if I'm ever on your show again, I'm like, okay, we can go filthy. We can work blue right on. Yes, that's that is the definition of our show. Apparently, <laughs> I was holding back at New York Comic Con. Now I can just say horrible. Yeah, shit. there wasn't much to say in that episode. That was uh, we did uh, Terminator RoboCop. There wasn't much gross in that episode, or, or much f opportunity to make those references. Much fodder. Ooh, yeah. here's a good one. Uh, the chat reminding me of Kingpin and Vanessa. Yeah, totally toxic. Uh, why is she dying? Like, what is her? I mean, I know she's dead now, but like, what was she always dying from? She had disease. She had plot disease. She had plot disease, right? Like, she was dying from a broken heart or something like that. Their relationship always reminded me of like a Macbeth, Lady Macbeth type thing where it's like you make each other worse. You bring out the worst in each other. That's right. Very, very, very true. Um, yeah. Yeah. They always liked beating that dead horse of like the kingpin is, this is his humanity. It's over there dying in a bed in his, pen, his penthouse apartment. Yeah. Also, too, they had a son, and their son had a pretty fucked up relationship, too. When you start hurting your own kids, then you know it's a pretty bad relationship. It's true, it's true. Reaper reminded me of uh, Slade and Terra. Slade and anybody. Slade and his own kids. Slade and his wife. Yes. Well, I was going to say Slade and Terra because Terra was a child. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up, man. You can't, you can't, that's one did that can't be undone, home skillet. Yeah, well, I mean, they re, they knew 52, that shit probably made her, like, mm. maybe, made her more, maybe 17, where it's like, <laughs> age of it's consent. legal some places. Yeah. I was gonna say, man, the, the Deathstroke in the new Deathstroke book is such an asshole and, like, <laughs> such an evil human being. Sure, why not make him a pedophile on top of everything else? Yeah. Yeah, right? Why not? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, they're not trying to humanize him or any way. It's like, no, this is him straightforward as evil as ever. It's Jericho and Rose who are the real heroes of this book. Sure, why not? Make yeah. it absolutely irredeemable. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to read a book that is literally, like, the pages are made of toxic relationships, you could read uh, Alias by Brian Mugabendis. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it, every relationship that Jessica Jones has is toxic because Jessica yeah. Jones might be the most toxic relation or character in marvel like yeah. easily uh because she is she, she hates herself 
but she's also like she also wants happiness so she brings her hate with her to every oh, yeah. relationship she joins that she she sleeps with scott lang and they develop a relationship together and it's incredibly superficial it's just we're both people who have superpowers and we should date each other it's like it's like actors meeting each other yeah. and going out uh uh, sp- speaking of Scott, too, I mean, Scott is one of the few heroes that we know of who is divorced. Yeah. So he had a bad relationship that got ruined either arguably by his being an ex-con or his superhearing. It was never made better, and a lot of his stories are just, like, trying to be in the life of his daughter, and because of that, he's got to deal with his ex and everything, and mm-hmm. that's always a tense thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even That's though I think point. by the end of the Nick Spencer run, they actually went to a pretty good place with it, where she actually stuck up for him in court and said, "Look, he is an asshole. He ruined my marriage. <laughs> I hate him. But you know what? He's a pretty good dad, though." Yeah. He, and he's uh, like, "Woohoo! Halfway! <laughs> Woo! I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Silver medals for everybody." Yeah. Don't tell her about the time I banged the supervillain. Mm. Oh God! Yeah, that's right. He had sex with Beetle, didn't he? Uh, Tombstone's daughter. Yeah. And then she fucked him over in court. Yep. Oh, and then Miss Thing. Miss Thing hated him by the end, too, because they were together when they were the new Fantastic Four. Oh, the F4, yeah. The F4, the short-lived Matt Fraction one. They were together and living happily. They were like Netflix and chilling. And then his <laughs> daughter And then his daughter came back to life, you know, after uh, after Access or after whatever it was. His daughter came back to life. Oh, young uh, Children's Crusade. Yeah, after that, his daughter came oh, back wait, no, to life. Oh, and I'm sorry, Access. It was Access. She died after in Children's Access. Crusade. After she came back, he's basically like, sorry, Miss Thing, I need to move to Florida to be with my daughter. Bye. Right. Like, Miss Thing wouldn't go to Florida, you dick? Yeah, he just abandoned her right there to be with his uh, daughter, which, you know, is understandable. But from what we heard, he didn't say anything. He just up and laughed. Yeah, exactly. Which is a great writing way to deal with, like, when a new writer comes on who's just like, I don't want to deal with that stuff that happened before. Like, no, bring it up. Talk about how, like, there was never any communication with those characters. And eventually they did. And eventually that's part of the whole thing. Nick Spencer did a great job tying all the loose Ant-Man stuff together at the end. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons why I hate watching Hulk movies or reading Hulk comics is, or has always been, his relationship with Betty Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly just because, you know, if you want to keep making Hulk books, he can never be cured. He doesn't want to be the Hulk anymore, so that's fucked up and hard. And then they wind up killing her. Yeah. And it's <laughs> because they just had nothing. They were like, how off, how many stories can we do? Where Hulk and where Betty and Bruce want to be together, but Betty's douche dad doesn't want them to be together. And then the Hulk proves him right, and then he leaves and Betty's sad. That's everyone. It's, it's true. That's why I liked what Duggan did near the end there, where he's like, no, you know what? Uh, Betty is part of like this doomsday watch group. She knows the Hulk is going to be a major threat, so she sends someone to shoot the Hulk in the head and try and kill Banner. That'd be cool. I like that. That was cool. They did that. It was good. And, but then, you know, Secret Wars happened, and, you know, Duggan was like, well, I guess I got to put all the toys back in the box for the next guy. So they, like, reconciled at the end of theirs. Yeah. He's like, ah, I'm sorry you tried to shoot me, and I'm sorry I became Doc Green and depowered you and all my friends. You know, we both did wrong. Let's, ah, come on, get in here. <laughs> is she back to life now? Is that the idea? She probably is, but they haven't gone back to her in forever. Mm. Good. She's boring. <laughs> like, yeah, I was, ne- I was never a big Betty fan. Love Hulk. Hulk is probably my favorite Avenger. Never been a particular Betty fan. You know what's funny? I think they're bringing her back for one, for one of the new uh, upcoming MCU movies. Probably. I've heard they're bringing her in. That's cool. I like that idea. 
Like, I like her in there because we've only got one story with her in it so far. Is, is true. As Austin Cole says, here's another toxic relationship, Bruce Banner and radiation. Yeah, yeah, it's very toxic. Yeah, real bad. Um, <laughs> Dead to you and Nightwing. Oh, yeah, they hate each other. Yeah, it's real bad. No, Nightwing would like him if you would just give him a damn, a damn break. Yeah, he um, kind of is now, so I, there you go. <laughs> I do feel that uh, one that was brought up in the chat a lot, it's not a relationship, I guess, technically, because there was some interaction between two people. Gwen Stacy and Norman Osborn... Yeah. That's the worst thing ever. It was retcon, so whatever. Was it? I, we'll never know, will we? We weren't there. No, I mean, like, we don't know if it's retconned. It's, it was not, it was not referenced in One More Day, so we don't know. Yeah. Like, oh no! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I guess so. Actually, we never saw those characters Actually, I'm again, sorry. So. We do know that it happened because he was the American son. After oh, one more shit, day. That's so, right. yes. So, Gabriel was in there. So, yes, it is in canon, unless Secret Wars fixed it, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, that yeah. that sucks. Oh, Thanos and Death. Oof, yeah, man. Talk about that one. Talk about one partner who's just, again, too controlling and just way too obsessed. Yep. And, uh, and what's it called? And Death, what's funny is Death is like, you have no power over me. I don't care about you. Like,. <laughs> Thanos is the ultimate bad boyfriend, is he's like, let me read your text, where are you going? Oh my god, he's worse than a bad boyfriend. A bad boyfriend at least in implies there was some mutual enjoyment of each other in the beginning. Thanos just like, yo, I'll let me read your text in case we want to go out, in case we get together in the future. Like, <laughs> like I haven't even indicated I like you. Yeah, yeah, really, he's just a weird stalker. Yeah, you? he's just a creepy uh, stalker. He's a creepy, creepy stalker, man. Hell, Death's relationship with Deadpool is a little bit more healthier than that. Yeah. Because at least she's like, oh, he's fun. He makes me laugh. Yeah, at least those two get what they're looking for out of each other. Like, they might both be in it for, like, the sex or whatever you do with Death, but, uh... <laughs> whatever you do, I don't know. I don't know, but, uh, but at least there's no, there's no, there's no bullshit. It's true. It's not toxic. Uh uh, hell, talking about Deadpool, a relation. I see the chat's getting to now. A relationship that started fine, but is growing more and more toxic by the day. So much to the point we're gonna have a big event with it. Deadpool and Sheikla, his monster wife. Yeah, yeah. I'm sad to see that not working out. I mean, there was no way it was gonna because it's like again, it's like you two are really only in this for the physical thing. Deadpool keeps ditching you to go hang out with his daughter and deal with his own superhero stuff. Of mm -hmm. course, this was going to fall to pieces. And Sheikla, she is a queen. And again, they keep they keep teasing, like even before Secret Wars, they were teasing yep. that she might actually be evil and that she might actually have ulterior motives. And I guess they're finally pulling the trigger that on that. That makes sense. I mean, like, that's exciting. That sounds cool. But And then she kind of cheated on Deadpool, too. But Deadpool was like, no, 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 we got an open relationship. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm an adult. I'm mature. Also, hey, Jack Russell, move over. I want to get in on this. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Deadpool, so he's got to make it weird and funny. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one we haven't talked about because it's not like an ongoing thing and it was only part of like one of the greatest graphic novels of all time, but Silk Spectre and the Comedian is mm. like the most... Yeah, it, it's it's funny how every time we get to another toxic relationship, it's like, this, no, this one's the worst. No, yeah. this is also equally <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, wow. Falling in love with your with your with your with your attempted rapist. Ah. And then having a kid on top of it. Ah. That's that's literally the definition of toxic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't get much more toxic than that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you consider Dick Grayson and Starfire to have a toxic relationship? 
I think most of the time they leave on pretty good terms. I, I don't think anyone can be toxic with Dick because everyone just seems to love Dick way too much. It's true. He's just so great, which actually, which I like. I like the idea that like Batman did right. He's like, no, I did. I did the right thing with this kid. I'm not the worst. Yeah. And plus two, I mean, he had years worth of watching Batman's toxic relationships to be like, you know what? I'm going to treat women better than this. I yeah. Think. Yeah. It's almost like uh, it's got, sh well, Actually, Terry has shades of that. Where at the end of uh, with um, at the end of Justice League Unlimited with uh, what's that episode called? Endgame. Oh, or... epilogue. Epilogue. Uh, where uh, Amanda Waller's like, if you want to have a little better life than the old man, treat the people who love like take care of the people who love you. And he gets the ring. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna make this a fish. I'm gonna put a ring on it. Yeah. And then he doesn't get with Max, which is too bad. Yeah, I know you're you're a big fan of the Max thing. I I agree with Deanie on this one. No, if he if he got with Max, you know she's one of the boys. It's too much. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, I guess. Ugh, it's Which, rain. It's uh, snowing. You want to talk about another toxic thing that seems to exist only in the mind of Azarello and Bruce Tim occasionally? Oh yeah. Ooh, Barbara Bruce. That's Ooh, that's, cool. that's like in my head canon. That's that's not even a thing. But it exists in but it other exists. people's head cannons too. Kyle Higgins did a great turn with it in his Batman Beyond 2.0 series where we flash oh back and Barbara's like, yeah, it was a schoolgirl crush, got with him, realized how horrible he was, then never looked back, married another guy. Oh, yeah, and also I miscarried a pregnancy that was his. Ah! Yeah. Ugh. And that's why Dick leaves and never comes back and why you never see Dick yeah. in Batman Beyond. Makes sense. But also, yikes and gross. <laughs> yeah, kind of gross. I don't like that. I don't like that. Like, oh, it was just a school. It was just a school girl crush. Oh, but Batman let it happen, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to look at it from the like Arkham armchair psychologist thing, then, you know, Batman's all about trying to recapture his lost youth and innocence thing. Barbara, of course, you know, had a father who was never home and everything, so you know, she might look for a little comfort in older man. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know nothing. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Tom King is really doing a number on the relationship between Batman and Catwoman. Yeah, he is. Where, like, Batman is actually becoming, like, a worse Batman as a result of her. He really is. Like, Batman, you let her go. Again. Twice. Like, damn it, Batman. You let her go in front of the cops. You let her go in front of Gordon. And then when Batman says, says my Tiffany's favorite line, damn it, Batman. But he's like, damn it, Batman, you let her go. And he's like, that's right. I did. Like, I'll do it again. Yeah, like, don't forget, I am still an asshole in a mask who takes the law into his own hands. You're the dick for not arresting me. Later. Like, no, that's not my Batman. Yeah, at what point does Gordon turn on him and be like, okay, you're under arrest. Yeah, hey, you just aided and abetted a felon, you jackass. And last time I checked, because I've been keeping a secret file on you, you've broken about 10,000 laws. <laughs> And that's just the ones I was there for. Yeah, and those are the ones that I'm keeping a record of. I don't have like jurisdiction in Metropolis, but I'm Santa sure they want to talk to you too. Yeah, but I have a feeling I have a friend out there in that city who might be able to come and take you in. <laughs> oh yeah, wouldn't that be some shit? Yeah, although that, there is a cool moment in Death in the Family of that where um, Joker becomes the uh, the ambassador to the UN for Iran. Yes. And then the State Department brings Superman in, and they're like, Batman is going to cause an international incident. We need Superman to keep him from doing that. And it's, mm -hmm. that's, I think that, that's, yeah, that was like the, 
That was like the Dark Knight Returns moment in like in continuity for Batman. It was really cool. Mm. But anyway, uh, yeah. Speaking of Batman, here's another good one. Mr. Freeze and Nora, they yeah! had a good relationship. Then they both got all fucked up and he became a villain. Yeah. I mean, it's tragic and perfect and beautiful, but also like sorrowful or sorrowful and mournful and if you dep- if you go by the New 52 origin, creepy and stalkerish and non-existent. They uh, did they? I, I remember in uh, All Star Batman number six they fixed it, but yeah. is it even in continuity? Like we don't know. But yeah. uh, but I hope they just go. You know, no, nobody liked that. It's over. Well, it's funny. It seems to be Snyder's doing a lot of fixing that stuff. Where it's like, okay, now Mister Freeze is back, and also uh, Poison Ivy is a scientist and not connected to the Green anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I like that, but who knows? I mean, like, look at. I mean, if we look at Batman and the villains. That, like, they all have creepy relationships with. I mean, the ventriloquist and Scarface is a toxic mm. relationship where Scarface is always browbeating and controlling the poor ventriloquist. Uh, you know, you've got, um, you got Nora and Freeze, like you said. I mean, everybody has a toxic relationship with somebody. As, in as someone in the chat brought up, they're like, oh, the uh, Mr. Freeze and Nora, that's just sad. That's not toxic. It'll be toxic if she ever gets fixed, <laughs> it will be. Yeah, if she wakes up and goes, oh, you're a monster. And you've been killing people this whole time. Yikes. Yeah, I'm not, she's not going to take you back, Vic. In fact, they do that later on where he's like, yeah, I saved my wife and she was cool. No pun intended. But then she didn't want to have anything to do with me. Yeah, was that in uh, Sub-Zero? Yes, it was. Where, she, where she's living a happy life, and he can't be with her, which is extra tragic, because he did all these horrible things to try and bring her back. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Fair point. I like the idea, though, that where it's like, if, uh, where, where Vic is like, I, it doesn't matter to me if she wants me. What mm. matters is saving her. Like, that'd be yeah. cool. I'm down for that. Um, yeah, they want to go in that and direction. And hey, if you like independent comics like Saga, uh, there's a character called The Will who has been stalking uh, Alana and Marco and their child for the entire series. He has this relationship with uh, a fellow bounty hunter named The Stalk, who's like a cool spider lady. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I read that much. Yeah, Prince Robot the Fourth murders her, and then he has like the mental projection of his idealized version of her keep like whispering in his ear the worst fucking ideas <laughs> and so his his toxic relationship with her is like immortalized in his own like psychic problems so nice. it's incredibly a toxic relationship many relationships in saga are toxic uh here's another fun one that i think about it going back to the whole Macbeth, lady Macbeth thing i don't know how many people watch sons of anarchy but clay and Gemma from that there you go that's straight. In fact, it's literally just Macbeth because Clay kills her old husband, moves in and marries her and starts like raising and mentoring their son who will one day grow to hate him and try and kill him. <laughs> but but Gemma is worse. Gemma is Gemma is the true villain of that series. Like villains come and go, but she's the real bad one, though. I see. I see. I, I know we're so past the point of anyone probably watching original Sons of Anarchy, especially because Kirk Sutter's like, I would do a spinoff now. Yeah, no. <laughs> that show had ups and downs I would say watch till at least season 2 cause season 2 is the best season Henry Rollins is a villain in season 2 oh cool he's great he plays a crazy white supremacist he's great in that He, I know he'll nail it Henry Rollins is awesome 
He really is. What an underrated performer, Henry Rollins. Yeah. Um, going get, going back into comics, Spider-Man and the Black Cat have a very toxic relationship. Mm, or yeah, had one. Uh, it was purely physical. Um, when Peter Parker tried to, like, you know, Peter Parker his way into that relationship where he's like, no, like, we're, we're, we're sleeping together and that means something. So let me show you who I am. And she's like, put it back on. No, you have to be like non-human in order for me to like get into this. Like, you're killing my lady boner. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. And then in like brand new day when they were like, no. And then they just, they just, they just bang. And, Peter turns a blind eye to her thievery and shit. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like Batman and Catwoman. It's like yeah, except Batman is always a hypocrite. Like yeah. Batman's like yeah, but doesn't matter. Had sex. Like Spider Man <laughs> is the kind of person who's like Felicia. We can't be together if you're gonna keep being a villain. Yeah. Like it's why every Punisher Bat- Spider Man team up ends with him being like, okay, Frank, time to take you to jail. Like that that is how he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, but toxic to to the nth degree. Uh, thinking of cartoons here for a second, uh, Venture Brothers has a ton of really everyone great... in that show has a toxic relationship. I was gonna say Monarch Doctor Girlfriend is that toxic, or are they actually one of the better, more supportive? They're ones? one of the more supportive. They they are very alike. They deserve mm. each other, I should say. They re- they really do. That's the best thing you can say about them. You two deserve each other. Yeah, but uh, but Rusty and everyone is toxic. Uh, Brock has a toxic relationship with Molotov. With Mol- that, there you go. Who's his Catwoman, basically? Yes. Uh, you got. Uh, I mean, and like they fall in and out of of love all the time in that show. Yep. Yep. Uh, Byron Orpheus and his wife and oh, her yeah. new uh, her new husband, the Ant Rider. Yeah. Do they um in the new seasons, do they ever show the ex-wife? Yes, yes they do. Okay. Yes, they totally do. Not just be not just as H. John as Benjamin pretending to be her. No, no, no. We actually do get to meet her and she's like straight up Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Okay. That's cool. It's a good pitch. Yeah, I like that. It's funny. I like that. Also, Rusty's relationship with the woman who you thought was the boy's mother, but they eventually came back and said, no, it wasn't. Rusty was actually lying to her for free babysitting and labor. Oh, my God. You mean the cat lady? Uh, Yeah, the cat lady. Yeah, okay. That's not actually their mother. And then, what is it? His relationship with the head of his fan club, who he ended up impregnating, and that's who Dermot is. Yep. Gross. Damn it, Rusty. Damn it, Rusty. (laughs) You are a bad person. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Sergeant Hatred and his wife, uh, Princess Tiny. <laughs> also a bad relationship. Yep. Pretty much. Oh my god, I loved, I loved when they did their Cobra Commander take when they did Sphinx, and you see Cobra Commander is just some like creepy ex husband like hanging out outside his wife's house in a Camaro with binoculars <laughs> on her. Ugh, yeah, it's funny That's actually. Cool. The, the second we like start to analyze any relationship, uh we realize how bad most of these relationships are and how toxic they are. Kind of is. Like, I mean, even to a lesser degree, like Spider-Man and Mary Jane in the 616 universe is a little toxic. It's uh, true. They've gone back and forth on that. It's been not great for long stretches of time. No, he drove her to smoke. Uh, she used to be too popular for him and it gave, and it gave him an insecurity complex. Uh they uh, they eventually reached the like limit of their relationship in the retconned one moment in time where it's like no like we have to have kids and like 
He's like, but I'm going to keep being Spider-Man. She's like, well, that's in a, that's irresponsible. Who uh, who was the girl that uh, Zuko eventually got? Where that? Oh yeah, Batman the are? poor girl from the from the little village. No, 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 not her. Like uh, like the actual like his Fire Nation girlfriend, the one who is basically Aubrey Plaza. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, shit, I don't remember her name. They, May. they ended up. May. Oh yes, thank you. They ended up together, and then in one of the comics, she ends up walking out on him. Yeah, because he's keeping secrets and everything, and all this other stuff. And she, he's like, you know, I, I love you. Don't leave me. And she's like, yeah, but you love your secrets more. Out. Peace. Yep. Good. That that relationship was not good. It was it was purely superficial. Uh, Cora's relationship with anybody in the Cora show right up until the end when they're like, nah, she was actually into Asami all along. Fuck you. I thought that was fine. Because she had such shitty relationships with everyone else, I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. Maybe that's the reason all her other relationships suck. She found out something about herself. Cora's the the worst. She literally kills the entire franchise. Like, to the point where she disassociates herself from the entire line of avatars. Like, she is... She just she kills everything. Fuck Cora. That that's a show in and of itself. I would need to actually go back and rewatch it and remember why I defended it so much. Yeah. It's been forever. I hate that show. Um but yeah. Uh that said, you know, uh The chat had a funny one, Legion and himself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, uh I mean like, well, okay, we're only talking about romantic relationships. I was gonna say we could talk about like fathers and sons and no. Let's not get there. That's a Father's Day show is what that is. That's a whole other one. Yes, but I guess we'll wrap up the show by saying that the number one is, of course, the Joker and Harley Quinn, which is a relationship that most people really don't understand. Like, like, some people romanticize it, which is like, what? I do not get that at all. I'm like... You have, like, the basis knowledge of this, people. If you read the comics, you know how wrong it is. If you watch the show, or you read you read Mad Love, you w- look at, objectively, their relationship, or you just, like, watch the one episode, uh, you, you recognize the one-sidedness of that relationship. You recognize, like, how, you know, he's Abusive. using her. Like, he, he is such... It's not even... It's almost, like, not even abuse. Abuse... Like, some abuse comes from, like, a perspective of, like, I'm gonna do this to you. Joker comes from a, a total place of neglect and disregard. Yeah. Where the abuse is almost, like, get out of my way. Like, it's not even like I'm gonna hit you. It's more like I'm gonna push you so you move out mm-hmm. of my line of sight. And like, Batman nails it so well. When oh, he's yeah. like, he'll, he'll kill you, you know, one yep. of these days. That's how it's gonna end for you. Yeah. Well, because, like, it's like the Joker and any henchman. Yeah. Like, it, it, you don't get promoted no, at, no, when you, you work don't. for the Joker. Like, you just you just live long enough to die. <laughs> and, and, and the way they write Harley is so perfectly like an abused spouse, too, where it's like, but I understand him. He told me things, secret things he never told anyone else. No, he didn't. Or when she was like, it's my fault. It was all my fault. Like, oh. I internalized. Like, ugh. That shreds me every goddamn time because that's so real. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and just just upsetting. But uh, but yeah, hey, uh, anti Valentine's Day. Uh, look, the the fact is, like, if you want to write about relationships, if you want to watch a relationship, uh, you know, uh, I think Bendis was talking about uh, like when he put Matt through the ringer during his run, yeah. and people were like, leave him alone. 
And he goes, you don't want me to leave him alone. You don't want to read a book about things going well for Matt Murdock. He eats a sandwich and then has a great day. <laughs> then that's the end of Daredevil and no one wants to read that. So it is with any relationship. The closest that came was, again, in the Mark Wade run where he was living in San Francisco, had his healthiest relationship to date with uh, Kristen McDuffie, and he ruined that by making everyone forget he existed. Yeah. Which is, which is the only, uh, that's a nice little way to end it. I like that. But, uh. I, I, actually, that new issue came out today, actually. I haven't had a chance to read it, but I think this is the one where we finally figure out how he did all this. Oh, cool. Good. In fact, he's kissing Kristen on the cover, actually. Ooh, well, then maybe, uh, maybe he'll undo some of that. Maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you on the pull tomorrow. Yeah, and it'd be funny. Maybe he's it. like, he just, he, he goes, well, I called Parker and he, uh. <laughs> He told yeah. me he told me the formula that Strange Reed and Tony used, and so we just did that. <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy who knows the devil. Yeah, no, well, it, well, the retcon of the devil thing is like that. Reed, Tony, and Steve get together and use their magic science to right. like put a whammy on the world. Put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. But uh, there you have it, everybody. That was all the relationships that are just the worst. <laughs> just the worst. Just the worst. Uh, we hope that you had a happy Valentine's Day yesterday. But if you didn't, at least you can take a solace in knowing that no one who wears a costume has a good relationship. Uh, and you'll never be able to... <laughs> you, you, no, any relationship you'll, you'll be in will be better than any superhero relationship, probably. It's true. Also, I gotta say this one from the chat, because they've been pitching it. It's funny. Uh, Joel and Benny from the Weekly Pool. Or the Weekly Pull and Comic Book Cast. Uh, yeah, that's a since, toxic relationship. Since we all got blocked. But what's happening on Cape Joel that everybody can look forward to catching uh, this week? Uh, well, as always, you can go and you can listen to the brand new episode of the Comic Multiverse. Matt and I had a really good show this week. And in fact, if you want to download the show and carry it around with you, you can go to the brand new Comic Multiverse uh, SoundCloud page. I finally took the plunge on that. It's so good. I don't know why I wasn't doing it from the beginning. This very show is on SoundCloud and iTunes, and I've been singing its praises. I just re-upped my subscription to SoundCloud. Get no check from them, by the way. I'm just saying I like the service. It's very simple and straightforward. I love it. Mm, I, I picked Podbean because it was cheaper. Then I found out that SoundCloud's only a dollar more expensive, and you get way more shit. You can get it to be linked to iTunes, boom, and Stitcher, and and everything. Just it's it's great. Hey, SoundCloud, if you're listening, we really like your stuff. Yeah, as you notice, we just gave a commercial for you for free. We would love to do it again, but it's gonna cost you. So. <laughs> Give us a <laughs> check us out. Um, also, over here on Comic Pop, you can always check out uh, back issues, which will be airing in the next couple of hours. That will, of course, be Saga Volume Three. Mm. Gave you a little taste of it by talking about uh, uh, the Will and uh, the Stalk. So check it out. Fitting. Yeah. So uh, we'll see you guys next time. And of course, if you are in the Seattle area around the beginning of March, you should check out us on uh, at Emerald City Comic Con. We're going to be uh, on stage on Saturday at 2 p.m., 2.30 p.m., I think. Uh, check out our respective, uh, at least comic book or comic pops, uh, Facebook and everything else uh, groups. We have a uh, pinned information about what where we're going to be, when we're going to be there, and how you can find us. So check us out on Reddit, Facebook, Google+, everything. We, we don't know what we're talking about yet, but we're sure it'll be great. I'm sure it'll just be like a, it'll just be a regular episode of the Weekly Poll, probably, with yeah. Q, with with audience interaction. So definitely check us out and be there. Which I love the Q&A. That's my favorite part. Easily my favorite part. 
Oh yeah, no. My my favorite thing is just interacting with the audience. We we would do this on Elseworlds, but then the the show would just be Joel and Sal talk to people. <laughs> which which hey, we might do that one day when we're out of ideas. Seriously, although it doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. No, no, we got a lot of good topics. We're actually writing them down now, everybody. Yeah, so don't worry. This is uh, yeah, the well-oiled machine going on right now. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we'll see you guys next week with another episode. I am Sal. I'm Joel. And we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot for watching. Bye-bye.